You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Sunday night football. It'll be uh, after the Bears and Packers performance. It'll be the Saints and the Buccaneers. That'll be on NBC and Peacock. Mike Tirico on the call instead of Al Michaels. Chris Collinsworth there and Michelle Tafoya. Uh, kickoff is at 8.20 Eastern. Coverage begins at 7 Eastern with football night in America. Chris Collinsworth joins us. Uh, Chris, before we get to the important questions, have you heard Seton O'Connor's impersonation of Al Michaels? It's very specific. It doesn't last long. <laughs> I can't wait. Okay, it started with Lamar Jackson, I think. That's when Seton first picked up on it. So, Seton, you're, uh, you're Al Michaels' impersonation. And there he goes. <laughs> That's it. That's it? Hey, (laughs) Well, the problem is he did it to Al, and then we think Al is now changing his delivery. We're in his head, and we feel terrible because one of the great announcers of all time, and I think he's thinking of my guy going, and there he goes. (laughs) So we feel bad. Can can he do, uh, you know, do, do do you believe in miracles? Can we hear one of those one time? Oh uh, no, we're we're. I don't think we're that talented. I think you got to pay a rights fee for that, though, Chris. But uh, you probably yeah, and I think even I do. Yeah, and I, 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 I'll give him twenty bucks from each of us. It'll be good. Uh, did you use Stickum when you played? Um, a little bit, a little bit. I, I tell you though, I watch these guys catch the ball right now with these gloves. Yeah. I, I'm dying to try it. I've never put them on. I mean, I, 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 they look like flypaper. It looks like you could stick your hand out and just throw a ball and just have it stick. I, I, have you tried them? I've never tried them. Yes, and and there is that tackiness there, but it felt like stick them. You 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 would you couldn't miss a ball with stick them. But it was legal there for a while. Was it legal when you were playing for the Bengals? Um. Kinda. <laughs> I, I don't think it really was, but everybody kind of did it. You know, Lester Hayes was the the ultimate guy with that, but he would take the stuff and like wipe it, so it was like goo all over you. And one time in a game, I cut him like the first play of the game, and he told me he was going to poke my eyes out. <laughs> And I, and I kind of started laughing, not because I was afraid of having my eyes poked out. I just didn't want that stick on I'm like, come on, man, you can't put that stick on my eye, but, you know, do something else to me here. Wait, he was going to poke you in the – he said, I'm going to poke you in the eye if you do that again? No, he said, I'm going to poke your eyes. Yeah, basically, if you do it again. So I cut him, and he's sort of laying on top of me, and – and and he's you know you know how it goes and he kind of says I'm gonna poke your eyes out of you do it again and I just started laughing I just I couldn't help myself I was like oh no not that stick them in my eyes no was there a defensive back though that made you nervous um you know there were some really good ones uh, out there uh, Mike Haynes was a, a great player right he was. Um, but I, as far as Mel Blunt, maybe a little bit, because when I was first in the league and I'd come up to the line of scrimmage, and I was pretty quick back in the day. You and I, when we were athletes, we could we got a little quickness to us. Um, but you get across from Mel Blunt, and he's in that jam formation, and he's six four, and his arms are like eighteen feet long, and it take you half an hour to run around him. He was a great player; he really was, and. But he never threatened to poke my eyes out, though. He just he was he just beat me to death <laughs> all the time. Did you see Matt Prater last night? He brought 
smelling salts onto the field to kick a field goal? Really? Are you? There's... That's performance enhancing, isn't it? Right before the snap, he takes two whiffs of a smelling salt. A lot of those guys do that, even on the boundary uh, and when they're out of bounds. I, I, I don't like that stuff. I, and I, I mean, I've even I've seen announcers do it. I don't know what it does. Is it just like wake you up? Is yeah. It just like yes, yes. It, it yeah. gives you a jolt. It's a blast, and then you're like, oh, whoa. But I, I, I've never seen that before. Where a kicker comes out and and takes a couple of blasts, and then he uh, kicks the field goal. I think I've probably done it a few times, but I was unconscious. (laughs) I didn't know. I had no idea. Um, This, um, you know, Micah Parsons LT comparison. I'm hearing a little bit more, Chris, and I don't know. Is it is it fair to make that kind of leap? Um, probably not. Um. LT was, a, you know, he was a hammer. He was a big, strong guy that changed everything in protection. It used to be that they always sent the backs out to get the outside linebacker, and LT changed that. So we started putting Anthony Munoz. So i like, forget that. We're not doing this traditional stuff uh, and put him out there. Uh, Micah Parsons, I would say, is faster and more athletic. And he doesn't even really play pass rusher as much. Like if LT dropped into coverage, you were like, thank God, you know, (laughs) good. I'll take my chances with him back there. Uh, Where Micah Parsons really does do a lot in coverage. You know, he was 35 yards down the field in that game the other day, almost had one picked off. So I, I, I think they're different guys, but I think, is the potential there to have the kind of career that he had? You know, yeah. I mean, he's, he's pretty flashy. If I said uh, you could invest in the Rams or the Cowboys the rest of the year? Something tells me the Cowboys offense is going to wake up. I, I don't know exactly what's going on um, with with those guys. And I think the Cowboys defense is – seems to be getting better and a little healthier. And I, I just, I think there's a, I think there's a tad more upside to the Cowboys and it's going to be so hard for the Rams to just get out of that division, you know, and get in a de- decent spot. I'm, I'm going to say the Cowboys. Any concerns with Kyler Murray with Arizona being an elite team? Are you all in on Arizona? Not yet. You know, I think I think you got to see him in a few of those moments. I think the primetime game last night was was a uh, was a, a good thing for them. You know, for whatever reason, they're not winning games at home. But uh, I thought, you know, Kyler's a good player. He's going to be able to create and do a lot of different things. And I think their defense is a little better than uh, what they showed last week, giving up some of those those big plays on on the back end. So. Um, I, I, I'm in on them. Am I quite as in on them as I would be the Bucks or the Packers? Not quite, not yet. Your level of concern with Buffalo is what? Um, a little, a little. I mean, that's that's uh, that's pretty extended. And and you know, the whole thing now with with the Patriots 
Um, I mean, that's demoralizing to have a team go up there and throw the ball three times and come out of there with a win. Not, you know, not that there's anything wrong with the Buffalo Bills. The thing I do like about them, though, is I think that Josh Allen will be able to throw it in any condition. So as it gets worse, that big body, big hand, you know, kind of guy, I, I could still see Josh Allen coming up big in the playoffs. I was talking about the lack of candidates for MVP this year. It just feels like it's Tom Brady, just because nobody else has been that consistent. And with four four games to go, would you have anybody else above Tom Brady? No, but I think Rodgers is right there. I think he could conceivably go on a streak here, uh, you know, as well. So uh, it, it's it just looks more and more like it's going to be those two teams at some point, doesn't it? I mean, it was a championship game a year ago. You got the two hot quarterbacks. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 if I had to pick favorites, obviously those would be the two favorites. But uh, the thing that, that I really like, and I'm just watching the tape of Tampa Bay on, on defense, man, they do a lot of stuff. You, you think back to some of the fire zone blitzes that Pittsburgh used to do with Dick LeBeau and some of those guys – um, they they can hit you with a lot of different things, and they they have no problem at all with taking Vita Vea and Indomic and Sue and dropping them in coverage and sending both slot corners off the edge. They just they've got depth now in the secondary. They got Richard Sherman playing free safety. Some he got an interception uh, the other night. So there, there's a lot there. And when you go back to what happened and how they won the Super Bowl last year, yeah, they had a good day on offense, but they had a great day on defense. And and so I think as they're starting to get that defensive side rolling, both them and the Kansas City Chiefs at this point, you know, those are uh, those are two dangerous teams. Talking to Chris Collinsworth, uh, NBC Sunday Night Football analyst. It'll be the Buccaneers against the Saints coming up. This Sunday night, Mike Tirico will be on the call kickoff at 820. You know, the Saints have Tom Brady's number since he's been in Tampa. He beats everybody, but he doesn't beat the Saints. What does Sean Payton do that nobody else is capable of doing? You know, I think the Saints defense is a little better um, and they, they turned it over. Tom had a, a fumble, I want to say, and two interceptions in that first game for them. You know, and it was backup quarterbacks, Jameis Winston got hurt in the game. So it was it was an unexpected win for the Saints. So, yeah, I, and we see it all the time with these divisional games, right? It's just weird stuff happens. They know stuff about each other that nobody else does. And I think Sean Payton may have a little bit on Tom Brady. We did the game in Tampa last year, and they beat them 38 to three, something like that. Well, I mean, it was the worst game we called all year because we just had no idea that, you know, everybody was going, oh yeah, the box are going to they'll blow them out. And Drew Brees and company just lit them on fire. But when you go into these production meetings and you request certain people to talk to, I don't know if there are people who say, no, I'm not going to talk to you, but all the time. Oh, they do. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Like, like, for instance, who would say, no, I don't want to sit down and talk? I, just in general. I mean, some of these guys, they get asked every single week. And, okay. you know, it's Friday after practice and they want to get out of there. And if they're second in line or they've got something to do, yeah, we got the only ones who really sort of have to do it, I feel like, are the coach and quarterback. 
Um, they don't opt out, but sometimes they drive home. Like Tom Brady will talk to us in the car on the way home. Uh, you know, he sets up his phone and it does, you know, it's, it's everybody's it's tech now and zoom. It's just exactly what we're doing here. But what because, are you allowed to ask? Like how much can you get from Brady? Um, it depends on what kind of mood he's in, you know, sometimes he's literally fantastic. Sometimes, you know, he gets mad at us occasionally and then he's a little less fantastic, but he's a deep thoughtful, considerate guy, you know, the, the, the same guys that you would think of as being smarter, the same ones that are the good interviews, you know, whether you go, uh, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, you know, you go right down the list, the guys that have been around and they know what they can tell you and what they don't tell you. But a lot of times it comes down to, um, do they think that, you know, so if you ask the right question and you prove to them that you've done your homework and that you've studied something specific, you'll see them kind of light up a little bit like, oh, OK, <laughs> ah, OK, you got that. All right. I, you know, we were talking about that the other day. And a lot of times they'll expound upon that. And that's when it gets really cool. Um, with um, Bill Belichick one time, I, I asked him something about some remote defensive end and and he goes yeah you know, whatever and i said what well, i go he plays uh, inside and outside right he goes no 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 you know <laughs> bill no 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 he just play, he just plays outside and and so we I go, okay and so he goes on with the interview and goes three or four questions later and he looked over at me and he went he did play once now. <laughs> and I go, yeah, I said, but, you know, I wasn't going to force my hand here. And he goes, yeah, yeah. He, and he goes, what do you want to know? And then he let me start asking some questions. And he answered legitimately because he knew that I had done enough detail work that he would now respond to some questions. And it, it's, it's interesting at the give and take because you do see they, they are unafraid to roll your, their eyes at you if they are unimpressed with the question. And we've had, we've had people walk out of the room. I mean, you know, is that different stuff? You know, the Brady running, he seems a little sensitive. He's like, he's playing with it a little bit, but he's calling out Peyton Manning and calling out Tony Romo. Like, who do you think you are by making fun of my running ability or lack thereof? Is that something that will be brought up when you talk to Brady this week? Oh, hell yes. I'm going to do it on the air so he makes a video about me, too. <laughs> I got to come up with my own stick here. Oh, man, that's the least athletic throwing motion I've ever seen in my – I'll come up with something. I don't know what I'm going to do. But, yeah. yeah, Tom Brady do a video on me. Heck, yeah, man, bring it on. But why is he running? Bruce Arians was mad at him. Like, get your bleep on the ground. Did you watch it? I mean, yeah. And Brady, a lot it was him. You kind of got the feeling he was the one that was kind of stirring it up out there. Got quarterback sneak, and then you know there'd no, be a I know. push, a little shove, and you know I, I'm like, I go, he's either trying to send a message of some kind to this team. But he came out of there fired up after the first one where they hit him. He came right back with that 13 yard run and. <laughs> went flying down the field and 
Maybe I'll go the other way. Maybe I'll just go, this is the greatest running quarterback yeah. we've seen since Michael Vick. Mm. And I'll get my own video. That'll be good. Uh, I got Bruce Arians coming up at the top of the hour. Give me like an inside uh, question or jargon that I could use with Arians that he'll go, oh, okay. What do you want to know? And inside, you got to ask him about the uh, the heart palpitation thing he's got on his chest. You know, the, the, whatever that thing is, he's he's got some good answers for that. His um, his whole thing. Okay. The, the Brady stuff will be brilliant. So what what do I want you to ask him about? Just just uh, so he thinks I watched the all twenty two that I I watched some film. Yeah, well, I haven't watched the offense yet. I've just been watching the defense so far. So I, I that's think even pass, better. That's even better. That if I yeah, something just the, 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 the pass protection. I, I I think when you watch the Bucks right now, that they that Brady can stand and hold the ball about as long as I've ever seen in his career. I mean, he really looks like he has he has time back there to to make it work, and that that stinks. But the the other part of it was the turnovers in the first in the first game against the. You know the Saints. That was really unusual that that they turned it over like that. I don't think he helped me there. I don't. I don't think he's. Gonna... I didn't help you much because I hadn't seen the tape. I, you want me to give you something on the defense? Well, you could have. That you know, in Dominican Sue and and Vita Vea, yeah. you know, they they go back into coverage and then you'll send the corners. Both slot blitzes coming out. Uh, Richard Sherman was in man coverage. Yeah, he was. Hold on, I'm writing this down. Slot. Richard Sherman had Dawson Knox in man coverage across the field and got the pick. And so is he a safety now? Is he a corner? You know, what is it? What do you see the future as here? Is this, is this one of those uh, Woodson kind of transitional shifts? You know, you could be on this thing, man. Okay. You could right. you could get on that. All right. Okay. And, and if he doesn't like the question, I'm going to say, yeah, I shouldn't have listened to Collinsworth. <laughs> So, just totally under the bus. Absolutely, absolutely. I've been living under the bus this week. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Have fun on Sunday night. Great to talk to you again. My best to the family. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Dan. That's Chris Collinsworth. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine to noon Eastern, or six to nine Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Uh, let's bring in uh, Bruce Arians, head coach of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Got a rematch with the Saints coming up. Had the uh, big win over the Buffalo Bills. How's morale, coach? Good, Dan. Doing really good. Um, let me start with the elusive Tom Brady's uh, running game. Um, is... Uh, is that in the playbook at all? <laughs> Are there any design quarterback runs, Coach? No, we don't have any of those, Dan, and uh, we don't need to see him taking on linebackers either. Okay, what did you say to him after the game when he, he did have that one run? Um, do you, yeah, yeah we, we, we actually had a conversation during the game that uh, enough's enough. <laughs> uh, let's get on the ground and take no more hits. Um, how do you assess your team at this point this year and compare it to where you were last year at this time? Yeah, I, I really like this team because we've, we've dealt with so many injuries and, uh, and I've overcome them. Uh, Jason Light has done a great job with our roster. You know, we started 10 different secondaries. Don't know which one we'll start again this week with, uh, with the injuries and who's going to be available. But, 
Yeah, I think this football team has not shied away from the expectations and, uh, and embraced it and, uh, and looking forward to each week. Were you ahead of schedule last year of winning a Super Bowl? Like, did you think with everything oh, yeah. that was happening that you could you could win a Super Bowl last year? No, I think with with the pandemic, no spring practice, no preseason games. You know, for us, it was uh, let's lay a foundation, let's let's get into the playoffs and see what happens. And uh, you know, we were fortunate enough to get into playoffs and and get on that run. But it was such a unique year. You know, we really thought everything would come together this year. When do you make a decision on Antonio Brown? Uh, probably later in this week. And what are you leaning towards? Uh, it could go either way right now. really could. What's it based on? Uh, just continuing where where those two guys are at and, um, and where the team is at. Have you looked at the game film with the team from Buffalo? Uh, no, we we still have, we have a victory Monday, so we'll we'll get them in the building tomorrow. Okay, you kind of a tale of two halves there, certainly in that fourth quarter. Like what what happened in the in the fourth quarter that concerns you the most? Our inability on offense to convert third down. I mean, we should have run run out that clock. We had unbelievable field position to not score more than what we did in the second half, and uh, you know, so the defense. I know once they got gassed a little bit, it was going to be tough, but uh, you know offensively, we should have taken more control of that game. How do you um, come up with the defense or devising that defense with Josh Allen? Seemed to work early, but then he took advantage of it later on. What happened? Yeah, uh, part of it was Jamel Dean's injury. We we play a lot of man-to-man early, and that helps the pass rush. If you can just get him to hold it for a second with man-to-man coverage, pass rush gets home. And then when Dean got hurt, we played a little bit more zone. But uh, Josh just made some great, great plays with his legs. Who's he remind you of? I don't know if there is another one. He runs like Cam Newton when Cam was young, but he, he throws the ball like John Elway. I mean, it's just an unbelievable combination. And, uh, you know, he um, to have a 100-yard rushing and a 300-yard passing, that's very, very rare. I was telling people, uh, I think it was last week, late last week, like somehow people forget how great John Elway was. And I said, John Elway was Mahomes before Mahomes. Like, let's not kid anybody here. And, and you know, we, we tend to blame John because the Broncos got blown out in Super Bowls, and we don't give him credit when they did win because we gave it to Terrell Davis. Where do you put, you know, how would you describe John Elway to somebody who didn't see him play? Yeah, it's really hard because I don't know if I've ever seen an arm like that and anybody else. I mean, we had, a, I think it was a fourth and 10 at our own 20 with 15 seconds left. And he sprints to the right and throws a 70 yard dime to Vance Johnson on a back, back route and make it a field goal and win. And I've never seen anybody be able to make that throw. And uh, John was uh, just a superior athlete. But uh, yeah, it's hard to say anybody has more arm talent than him. And you were coaching against him in Kansas City, right? Yeah, we, he got us on the last play. About three or four times. Yeah, he had that ability, though. When you know, and you start to think of who do you want the ball in the hands of with the game on the line. You know, Tom's obviously there. Russell Wilson's there. Aaron Rodgers there. John Elway. The difference between Elway and Montana defending those two was what? Oh yeah, John. John could push it up the field much further um, than 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 Joe. Joe was just a surgeon. 
you know, uh, so much run after the catch and hitting Jerry Rice running, John Taylor running, and uh, he was so accurate. But John John's arm was just so unique. Do you know more than Brady does? I don't know if anybody knows more than him. Uh, the, the amount of snaps that he's taken under center and processed so much information over the years. I don't know if there's any quarterback or any coach that knows that much. But you, you've been around the game and you've been around a lot of different quarterbacks. What's the role you play with Brady? Overseer. You know, I'm just um, final touches here and there. Any questions, nuances. Um, Byron does such a great job with him uh, in the meetings and stuff. And it's just uh, different concepts, you know, maybe how he's seen it over the past and how we have seen it over the past. We may read it deep to short. He may, he may have read the same concept short to deep. So just those philosophical things. He's been able to beat just about everybody but the Saints. What is it about the Saints that seems to frustrate not only Brady, but you and your team? A hell of a defense. Really good defense. We've turned the ball over. When we've lost him, we've turned it over more and had more penalties. And uh, it's no secret, you know, the game in New Orleans, we had a chance to win and, uh, again, turned it over and, and gave up a fourth-quarter lead. So, uh, for us, it's just a matter of, um, like the playoff game, win the turnover battle, run the football well enough uh, to stay balanced. Talking to Bruce Arians, they got the uh, Saints coming up on Sunday night. That'll be on Peacock and NBC. There have been a lot of comparisons made recently about uh, Micah Parsons and Lawrence Taylor. Uh, <laughs> I can see the smile on your face. Um, should we be making that comparison? Well, I don't think so yet. I mean, he's he's started to have a heck of a career. But when you start talking about the best player to ever play defense in this league, uh, slow down just a little bit. What uh, when I say Lawrence Taylor, what comes to mind? Fear. <laughs> Fear. <laughs> who the hell? Who's double teaming him? <laughs> well, wasn't it Joe Gibbs who came up with the concept of? I'm going to have Joe Jacoby, but then I'm going to have my tight end just chip Lawrence Taylor. So, or two tight ends there. Yeah, they, uh, you you had to double team him. I mean, uh, the only other person I saw even like him was Derek Thomas. And uh, just unbelievable people off the edge that could just wreck games. And you would put LT as the best defensive player of all time? Yeah, and I'd have Derek Thomas right behind him. Yeah. How about defensive back? Best one you ever saw? Oh, man. Safety would have to be Ronnie Lott because he just struck fear into you. Could he play now? Like, how would Ronnie Lott play? He'd be fined and probably thrown out of the league. (laughs) (laughs) Probably so. Yeah, I don't know if he could play a different way, but he'd have to play a different way. Um, Yeah, I think the best corner was probably Lester Hayes. And when he was with the Raiders, I mean – if you got near him, you're going to stick to him because he has so much <laughs> glue all over him. But, man, he was so big and physical. And, um, you know, we had some great corners in Kansas City with Albert Lewis and Kevin Ross. Yeah. But, uh, we had some great battles with the Chief, uh, with the Raiders back then. Where does Jalen Ramsey rank? He's in the picture. You know, again, he's, he's, he's still young in his career, you know, um, to start putting him with Dion and some of those great corners, Lester Hayes and those guys. you got to have a resume. He's building a pretty good one, though. Is Aaron Donald a Hall of Famer already? Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. You know, I mean, to win the defensive player to, as a three technique 
and uh, just completely wrecked games like he did last night. I mean, yeah, I would say he's already there. What do you do against him? You got to know where he's at all the time because they do move him around a lot. And Raheem's doing a heck of a job where he's not just sitting in one spot and you, and you know where you can send your protections to. So you have to be very, very aware where he's at all the time. Uh, Matt Prater had smelling salts on the field last night before he kicked a field goal. Have you ever seen that? He, he had it on the field, Coach. Yeah, I, I, I have not seen it out there on the field, but uh, I've seen it a bunch on the sidelines. Have you done it? No, man, that stuff gives me a quick headache. <laughs> um, is Brady the MVP in your mind? Right now, I believe he is. I don't know if anybody's playing any better or is any more important to their team. Does he care about that at age? You know, as you get older, you know, you keep on showing these younger guys that I still got it. I don't, I don't know what motivates Brady because he got all the records now, Coach. Yeah, I mean, but there's a fire in him, Dan, that just – he comes to practice like he's 15 years old. You know, he can't wait to practice and he can't wait to get out there and just do fundamental drills, um, you know, stuff that bores most people. He's into it every single day, so – um, no, that fire burns, and I, I think it's all about championships with him. What's he going to do when he retires? That's a good question. Um, you're not going to be hurting, that's for sure. Do you, who retires first, you or him? That's a good. That's a good one. We'll have to wait and see on that one. <laughs> wait, how about a package deal? <laughs> yeah, that, that might be a good. That might be a good way to ride out together. Good luck against the Saints, Coach. Always great to visit with you. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. He's Bryce Young, the Alabama quarterback, and more importantly, the Heisman Trophy winner. Alabama plays Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl. That will be on December 31st. We bring in uh, Bryce Young. Bryce, congratulations. Uh, when do you start preparing for Cincinnati? Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Um, we're back to work uh, as a team on, on Thursday, and then, I mean, obviously that's when we start, you know, putting our stuff in. I'm um, coming back together, and um, you know that—that's really when we start to lock in. Okay, uh, where is the Heisman right now? Um, still in New York. Still in New York City. Do you have it with you? No, um, I think they're they're working on transferring it um, back. I like to. I'd like to say, honestly, I'm, I'm a little out of the loop, but um, yeah, I, I believe they're working on transferring it back. Have you been to New York prior to the high? Are you still in New York? Yes, yes, I am. They won't let you out. No, uh, um, we just had a we had a couple more days for um, of of breaking. I just I just stayed up here until I get ready to get back to Tuscaloosa so that we can get back to work. Okay, what did you do in New York that you'd always wanted to do? Um, I went to a Knicks game, which was um, you know, which was really cool. 
Um, it was it was great to 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 see the garden. I'm a big basketball fan, so to see the garden and and uh, you know watch watch the Knicks play was always kind of something I wanted to do. So it's been fun. No, you got to go tonight. Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm working on that. That that's the um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually working on that. Okay, bring the Heisman, and then you sit in the front row, and then you say hello to Steph Curry. I mean. <laughs> Come on! Yeah, yeah, no, that 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 sounds great. Um, that that would be no, that that would be amazing. I'm I'm uh, yeah, I'm I'm working on trying to get to the game tonight. So uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully I'm able to experience it. Last watching uh, last game was 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 great. So hopefully I'm able to do that again tonight. Uh, what did Coach Saban say after you found out you won the Heisman? Um, you know, he was he was super supportive. Um, you know, he he's been it's been great to be able to, you know, share this weekend with him and um, you know, he was super supportive. Um, you know, a lot of congratulations and you know, when it obviously this isn't Coach Shapin's, you know, first time in New York and, and in a weekend like this, but for him to be so supportive of me and be so enthusiastic, um, it, it meant so much to me. All right, is he going to yell at you just so you don't have a too big of a head after winning the Heisman? Like, how does he bring you back <laughs> down to earth, Bryce? Yeah, yeah, well, we, we both understand that, you know, this is a huge honor um, and, a, and a huge blessing to receive this award. But, you know, at the end of the day, this isn't, you know, this isn't my goal. This isn't our goal as a team. And there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, so, you know, obviously that's on myself to, to you know, make sure that, you know, the, the main thing continues to be the main thing. And, um, you know, it's going to take our all um, for us to, you know, be successful next game. It's going to take the best preparation is going to take everyone to be bought in. So, um, you know, there's no room for me to, um, you know, let this award change anything or change how we think. Um, we've had uh, former Alabama players on, and they all tell the story about Coach using the expression D's nuts. Is that still going on, Bryce? Does he use the expression D's nuts to you? Uh, yeah, if, if you're, you know, if you're not careful, he'll, uh, you know, he'll slip it in every once in a while. If he's in that mood, so you know you always got to keep your head in the swivel. Oh, uh, you know, uh, Josh Jacobs is the one who first told us the story. Uh, Derek Henry had to uh, confirm it, and so did Tua. They're like, "Yeah, yeah, Coach says, you know, D's nuts, you know." So <laughs> you're quiet here. No, it's, I mean, there's nothing. No, they're, 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 they sound like they got it right. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's just, just every once in a while, you know, he's just in good taste. But, you is, know, you just, you just always got to be on your toes. Is he funny? Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, it, it depends on the scenario. Coach, Coach Saban is, you know, intense in practice and wants what's best for us. So he's pushing. But, um, you know, sometimes off the field or, you know, maybe sometimes in, in flex and warm-ups. You know he'll he'll be cracking a smile and and, and tell a joke um, here or there. And so um, yeah, Coach Coach Saban definitely has that funny side. Um, so it's always good when you have a coach that can you know kind of read the situation, know how to turn it on and turn it off. What was it like when you announced that you weren't going to go to USC and you were going to go to Alabama? What what was the local reaction with uh, with friends that you were going going south and not staying staying home? Yeah, it was it was tough, you know. Um, you know, with being so close to the university and being committed there for a little bit, um, 
you know, it felt like a lot of things, you know, I had a lot of things planned and a lot of things accounted for, and it was definitely a comfortable option. And, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of friends and people around me, um, you know, it was, it was, it was nice, you know, just the concept of, you know, feeling like you're not leaving and feel like you're still going to be around. And, you know, when, when I decided to leave and attend the university of Alabama, you know, that kind of goes out the window. So it's, you know, it, it's tough for, you know, it's tough for myself. It's tough for everybody. And kind of that reality of, you know, being so far from home, you know, kind of begins to set in and, you know, there are people that are disappointed and, um, you know, people that, you know, chime in with their opinion and, you know, that that's understandable. You know, everyone obviously is going to have an opinion on the matter, but, um, you know, for me, it was all about doing what was best for me, um, you know, pushing myself to be the best. And um, it was clear that Alabama was the best option. So, you know, that's what I decided to do, and it's been the best decision that I could make. Now, obviously, you're great at football, winning the Heisman, but how much of this is about business as well with the name, image, and likeness, and you've been very successful in doing that, but do you view yourself as a businessman and a football player? Um, you know, I think there's certain times and places for that. Um, right now, um, with the season still going on and Oh, so much for us to still accomplish and so much, you know, work for us to put in in April in order to accomplish our goals. You know, I'm I'm focused on being, a, you know, a football player and, and focused on, um, you know, just doing what I can and doing what's best for the team and doing all I can to contribute to our ultimate goal. Um, I feel like there's a time and a place for, for everything, but right now it's, and, you know, we have a little break, but, you know, there's, there's such big things ahead of us. Um, you know, my, my mind's not on any of that stuff right now. 43 touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, what? Give me those four interceptions. What happened? What? Yes, that's a good question. Um, yeah, that, let me let me think if I can. Do you remember the four I interceptions? Um, I probably see. I probably could remember. That's one, two. Yeah, I mean, all four interceptions were just, you know, just. Just you know, for me, just plays you know plays. I wish I could have back. Um, who you know, who they come against? What was it? Um, it was Southern Miss, um, Ole Miss, Southern Miss, Ole Miss, A um, and M, and Auburn. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, you know, just just those you wish you could have back, and you know, it's you know, any time you turn the ball over, you know that, especially as a quarterback. Um, you know, that's, that, you know, that, that stuff that you're not supposed to do. So, um, you know, all those stuff you wish you can have back stuff that, you know, that, you know, I'm, I'm still working on improving and, and getting better at. I mean, it's not bad. Uh, so. I mean, it's 43 touchdowns, but it is four interceptions, Bryce. And, you know, we can't accept that. I mean, coach Saban is not going to accept that Co- coach and I cannot accept that. No, it's it's definitely learning points and, and, and stuff to grow off of. No, I was so. just kidding. I, I'm um. kidding. I, I can accept it. I don't know if Coach can. But uh, <laughs> what happened for 59 minutes against Auburn is what I want to know, Bryce. Yeah, you know, we, uh, you know, we, we struggled a little bit offensively. Um, and, and, you know, there, there was stuff that, you know, we weren't, we were executing at the high school, but I feel like for us to, you know, have that struggle, um, face that adversity and then to be faced with a moment like we were at the end of the game and for everyone on the field to, to elevate their game and to, to, to step up to the occasion and, and have the drive that we did as a team. And I think that speaks to all, to, you know, the entire offenses and the entire team's resiliency. 
and then you know to carry that on into the overtimes and you know end up winning such a touch such a tough and intense rivalry uh, against a, a really good team i think that that really speaks to our resiliency our resiliency and um you know how we you know how we've we've grown in and you know gotten tougher in those moments Good luck getting the tickets tonight to see Steph Curry. Like that's that's uh, that should be your game plan today. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I appreciate that. Maybe you get to shoot around a little bit with Steph if you get there early enough. A couple of jumpers. What do you think? <laughs> I would just let to let her watch that one. I feel like he's probably got it. Well, I I've seen it, so I feel like he's. I know he's his process is a little more private than allowing me to join, but um, you know, just being able to watch it would be amazing. Uh, congrats and good luck against Cincinnati, and thanks for joining us, Bryce. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you for having me on. That's uh, Bryce Young. 